You're listening to the SFL Podcast. Welcome to the SFL Podcast live at Fearless 2022. Is this real? This is real. We say that a lot. We do. Yeah. Keish, I think this is the most put together we've ever been while recording a podcast. Absolutely. Like, you look really good. I mean, I'm still wearing sweats, but... Um, I have makeup on, so we're moving in the right direction. <laughs> it doesn't feel natural because I don't have my coffee and my water, and like I normally have all this stuff in front of me, but it's fine. I can deal. What's your bath? So you guys know Mel. Hey, hey. Um, she spoke this morning at, at our conference, and she's also been on our podcast before, but we threw Wendy under the bus. We did. We were like, Yesterday hey, or day before. be on our podcast, but also it's your very first time to podcast, and you get to do it in front of a crowd. <laughs> She, she, tried to write. she really <laughs> she really wants to like push us under a bus yeah. when we leave here i said i can tell these people when to go pee when to go eat when to go get water i don't there's nothing in me want to do this nothing <laughs> just no, so I, y'all know yeah i called her and i said hey um we decided that we think that you should be on stage with us for the podcast okay i love you bye <laughs> Didn't she give was her like a wait wait no, no wait i don't want to and i was like yeah no you don't really have that option okay love you bye i gotta go we love you yeah. we'll see you on the podcast i did not want to do this so if you guys but i am privileged thank y'all for thank well, thank you for old lady in it up i really appreciate that i have something to bring to y'all she does, so. she does. <laughs> which is what we're gonna say she is actually um, for those of you guys who are online and not here today, if you don't know who Wendy is, she's Wendy Hilton. She is my aunt, Keisha's mother-in-law, and she is our pastor's wife. Yeah. She's a deep well. She is a deep well. <laughs> she has a lot of good things to say, and it just always surprises me that she doesn't think that. I know. The devil is a liar. Right. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and the other person we wanted to shout out, because we realized that some people probably don't know, is Jack. He is here. He's in the back. So we mentioned him on our podcast. Be awkward. (laughs) So anytime on the podcast that we say anything about Jack or to Jack, that's Jack. (laughs) And if he he leads our worship here. But um, so anyways, that's Jackson. And um, let's get started. We wanted to talk today about being fearless in culture. Yeah. Because I think right now, whenever we say, what is it about today that makes people afraid or apprehensive or have anxiety, maybe depression. A lot of it is like things that are new to culture right now. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And then, you know, we, we say that like our parents and our grandparents went through stuff, but they did. And when you, you look through history, you're like, wow, you know, some people went through a lot of things, but this all feels new to us because we grew up relatively in peace, it feels like. And yeah. then just all of a sudden everything went chaotic. Yeah. And so we want to talk about that um we did a poll on instagram and we were asking people if they struggled with fear and 79 percent of people said yes they do yeah like right now that they struggle with fear and so um we actually broke that down into like categories and so that's what we wanted to break up this podcast into so the first topic that we want to talk about is the economy because right now it's crazy yeah we're paying astronomical prices for gas yeah we're worried um do have y'all seen that instagram meme that's like i had to choose between paying my groceries or my gas and i bought a saddle yeah (laughs) (laughs) like that's real because kobe showed that to me and i was like but for real i'm trying to be like do i buy groceries or do i buy gas sometimes it feels like that right Um, yeah there's 15 people on the ranch 
who's going to HEB today? Can yeah. I ride with you? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I'm going to ride. <laughs> so the first question I have is for Keish. How should we, as Christians, respond to this economic chaos? Um, what little bit I've had time to actually look at these questions, because I just looked at it a second ago, I knew it was coming. But my first response to that when I thought about it is, is I don't respond to the economic crisis. That's good. Because I'm not of this world. And so right. literally, I have so much peace in that. And that's how I've kind of had to separate myself from this economic crisis. Right. Is that I am tied to a covenant because I tithe and I'm a member at my church and my hands are serving and I'm doing ministry and I'm, I'm ultimately, I feel like doing all that God's called me to do. And there's peace in that. There's peace in knowing that I serve a God that's not of this world. He said there will be troubles, mm -hmm. but he's already overcome all that. Mm -hmm. right. And so me, my first thought was, is I don't respond to the economic crisis. Josh and I do what we've always done. Right. And because we do what we've always done, I, I feel like I can ultimately say over the last year, we've been more blessed than we've ever been in right. our entire lives. Our businesses are booming. And I think that that says a lot about who God is. And I think that God does want to bless us in this economy. He yeah. wants to show that his people are thriving and that we're blessed and that we're able, um, even if even if the world around us seems to be falling apart. I mean, ultimately in the industry that we are in, there's a lot of people that are struggling and can't find hay. Yep. And you know, there's, and, and those are real issues and we do have them, but I don't have a fear of feeling like, you know, what are we gonna do? Like, right. we just don't live like that. It's like, you know what, God is good. He's gonna provide and that comes from the piece of just staying connected to who he is. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was my response. I like that about you, you don't let the situation in front of you inform how you live your life. Absolutely not. You have to tell the situation how I'm going to live my life. Excellent. Absolutely. So um, I always like that Bible verse, like when have the righteous ever been forsaken? Yeah. Yep. You know, and so like in times like this, you find something to hold on to and you're saying, no enemy, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to yeah. do what God says I'm going to do. Absolutely. And I'm going to stand on faith that he is my provider. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, in, the economy doesn't affect the call of my life. Like right. you don't, the economy doesn't get to decide if I get to bless people. Right. The economy doesn't get to decide what our businesses do. Like, so the economy doesn't affect me. Like, and mm -hmm. I, I genuinely feel that way. Like, I feel like if God wants good, I'm going to have good and that it's his right. decision, you know? So, um, you guys may not know this, but, um, Oh God, we're, we're like super preppers. Oh, yes. Do you know are. what preppers are? Preppers are people who prepare <laughs> for the end of the world. Doomsday preppers. That's what preppers are. So Keisha and Wendy are for certain preppers. And so my question, and even Mel, Mel's maybe right. not like an end of the world pe prepper, but I seem to remember a time in which Jared was oh, yeah. whittling sticks. <laughs> Wait, wasn't that just for a video, though? What did Jared whittle <laughs> sticks for? Dark board. <laughs> He was like, I'm going to run out of bullets. I'm going to get some sticks ready. I just thought that was for dark partner. No, so my out. question no. is yeah. for you preppers, what are some things that people could do right now to just be wise with money or to be wise? Like, um, what, what do you, how do you prep by canned food? I mean, Wendy seems, she said all she buys is water. That is not the case. I'm for addicted me. to bottled water and I, I need bottled water in my life. And so I gather lots and lots of bottled water. And I mean, 
I'm not canning nothing. I don't know how to can. I'm, I mean, I've got tons of box of hamburger helper in there that God forbid it gets to the end of the world and I have to cook that stuff again. But that's where it is. That's all I've done. Bottled water, hamburger helper. <laughs> well, we, we said um, one time on the ranch we had a meeting. Yep. Because the world was going to Let's like, not. Yeah, let's do. It's going to be fun. <laughs> we always say no take backs on our podcast, and we mean it. So if you listen to our podcast, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, so one time we had a meeting about how everyone needed to be wise and needed to go um, get, like, canned foods, buy stuff, and um, we ended up with goats. Oh, we did. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, yeah. you did that. I didn't end up with goats. You had goats. I've this had goats. Why I've had I chicken. don't prep because they prep enough for all of us. And I tell <laughs> Josh that. We had I'm like, goats my and fear chicken. is that I'm going to have to provide for the whole family because I'm the crazy one that does all the things. I'm like, you know what? You aren't getting any of my eggs. But now Jess has my chicken house. I trade her. I said, you can have my chicken house if I don't have to take care of the chickens and I can just come get eggs. She was like, deal. But what did so Josh that, say? He said, we've already survived seven world Indians. Yeah. <laughs> We're good. Yeah, yeah that's so my husband. He does the, not believe in it. But it's fun around the ranch. It is good. It's good stuff. Um, one of the other questions that uh, what are that I feel like is a major thing, probably since 2020, would be, and that we feel like this was a really good question for you, Mel, and um, because your heart is so good and, mm-hmm. and your heart is pure. And so I felt like it was a hard question, so I'm sorry about that. But one of the biggest things that shifted in the last couple of years is the overwhelming feeling of division. It seems everyone has strong opinions on every topic, and it's not only encouraged to, but it's celebrated when you cut people out of your life who disagree with you. Um, Your question is, if Jesus were on earth today in 2022, how do you suppose he would respond to the current cultural division? All right. I actually loved this question. We knew you would. Yeah. Mm -hmm. When I saw it, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to talk about this. Okay, Lord, where do you want to go? You know, Mm -hmm. and I believe that how he would respond if he was in the flesh walking today is how he responded back then. Yeah, perfect. And to where he recognized it, but he went after those hearts that were divided from what the cultural norms were, Mm -hmm. that he saw those ones hurting. He saw those ones left out the woman at the well right prime example to culture she was shunned she was you know all the things five husbands not living with the one to where she you know had to make her way to get water in the middle of the day you know Mm -hmm. because culture had shunned her so much yeah and god met her there met her face to face and brought her brought her into right. his love and so i think that's like our charge even for today to where with anybody sitting in front of us that regardless if they um you know to love them like jesus did right regardless of what culture says about them what they any of that like you see it but you go to the heart so good and love them like he did so yeah. i believe he would Love Love them them. right where they're at. Yeah, Yeah. I was just, uh, we were watching The Chosen the other night because if you've not watched The Chosen, you should. I've watched each episode like five times. And the the part of the woman at the well, um, you know, what was so, so cool to me is everything about that whole scene is that the Lord literally, the first person he ever told he was the Messiah was a woman who was, he wasn't even supposed to be taught. She was a woman. Yeah, she, she was, was a Samaritan. To Samar- a Samaritan woman. And so that so, was cultural division, like right, right there. She didn't Everything. even have to have a past. She right. could have been like in perfect standing in her culture, but because she was a Samaritan, 
he was not supposed absolutely. to absolutely right. he crushed it right there right yeah he crushed it right there with okay the first person i'm going to tell that's so intentional right absolutely. to me Perfect. it crushes everything about culture to say right. like he the very first person he told that he was the messiah was someone he wasn't even supposed to be right. talking to right so i love that yeah. i was thinking about this question because i had the same thought mel he would respond exactly how he did 2000 years yep. ago absolutely. absolutely because he was born into cultural division mm -hmm. He, mm -hmm. he was born probably mm -hmm. into more cultural division than we were yeah. like you weren't even supposed to talk to that person right now the cultural division that we face a lot is like how do you vote mm -hmm. you know what do you think about taxes you know that's where we are right now but like what i love that jesus did was he's he was like i'm not trying to sit at your table I'm trying to make my own yeah. That's right. and everyone's invited. Right. You right. can come sit at my table and you can come sit at my table and you can come sit yeah. at my table. And good. I don't care what you believe about politics. Let Caesar do Caesar. Yeah. But right here, Jesus, like God is, Jesus is king. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm building a new kingdom and everyone's invited. Yeah. Absolutely. And I love, yeah. like, I love that that's what he did. And as far as like we are with our cultural division, like we definitely have to like keep a perspective that this is not new. Right. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes we get fearful because everything feels so new Yeah. and we don't know how to navigate all this unknown and all this new, but it's not new. Right. We can look at the Bible and go, how did Jesus respond? You know, we have Absolutely. a, we have a, we have a path. We can mm -hmm. follow it mm -hmm. and then we can just go, he would love first. Yeah. He would love them first. Mm -hmm. He would not he would not waver from truth. Yeah. Because to yeah. hide from truth is not love. Yeah. But he would love them and tell them the truth. Yeah. And yeah. what an amazing uh charge for us right. to have. Like we were created in this moment to love people regardless of where they believe that they or culture says that they can right. sit. Like we're all in this together. Absolutely. One bride. That's so good. You know, like what an amazing opportunity. We get to do this. We get to love like Jesus. Yeah. Regardless of the differences. I love that. You know, so. And he even demonstrated it in the woman caught in the act of adultery. Yeah. That when he came out and he was with her, he didn't condone her and he didn't condemn her. I mean, he didn't condemn her, but he wasn't condoning what she was doing right. either. But he was, he was saying don't do this this is not this isn't the life that i've got i've had planned for you and so we as a church want to condemn people that don't think the same as us right. that don't want to um come in and be changed but we can't condone what they're doing also and i think that sometimes that's a fine line that mm -hmm. we think that we get to condone them that's where i don't have a rock comes in if that's, i've ever yeah. If you've ever heard us say that, that's what that means is because I got junk on my own. I don't that's have right. a rock to throw right. at you. They right. didn't have, they dropped, they all dropped their rocks. And, yeah. and so none of us have a rock to throw at anyone. Right. Right. And he showed us how we can love past that, lift them up, go a different way, go yeah. sin no more. But I'm not condoning what you're doing either. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I think when I say I don't have a rock to throw, you think that I'm condoning that. Right, and I'm right. not. I'm saying you know better, do better. Right. Right. And I think that to love sometimes people think I'm supposed to tolerate what you're exactly. doing. They, they confuse and so, tolerance and acceptance. With mm -hmm. acceptance. And I'm not accepting 
what you're doing. I'm not tolerating what you're doing, but there's a different path that God has for you. I'm not going to condemn you of it, but I'm not going to condone it either. But I ain't throwing no rocks. Right. But he showed us that that's, that's hard for us to walk out with some people sometimes because we forget that we don't have a rock. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's and really too, to where, like, like, I love that we get to be that access point of kingdom you know like to yeah. the people yep. regardless of like he met us in at my well you know yeah. he met me and brought me in and, and showed me and encountered his love and that's what changed my life mm-hmm. you know of that that absolute communion with him you know of of just sitting there communing and just pouring that out to where that's what changed you know so we get that opportunity to be that access point of ushering heaven's heart over this yeah, person, awesome. regardless of what culture says mm-hmm. about them. Right. You know, so. Yeah. Really yeah. Good. Um, we asked on the poll, if you follow us on Instagram, we did a poll of, okay, so what is your biggest fear in this time? Like you get to pick, like, was it, was it social division for you? Was it government? Was it the Christian values declining or what was that? And surprisingly, the biggest one was government, which kind of made me laugh a little <laughs> bit. But it was really funny because when Taylor and I were deciding who got what question, we absolutely knew Keisha did not get the government question because I'm a conspiracy theorist. (laughs) And I truly believe that the government is evil. And I would go out on this crazy rant. You suck. (laughs) I would go out on this crazy rant. And so Taylor was like, you're not getting that question. I agree. And that's totally fine. So, uh, Okay. Anyways, Jackson, get out of my ear. How should, how should Christians walk the line between being fearful and effective in regard to our civic duty? Hmm. Ooh, so official. Yep. Yeah, um, so I was also surprised whenever that came back, the Me number too. one answer. And I heard Stephen Furtick say something um, at the beginning of 2020, and I was like, that is good. I think if you're afraid of government right now, you're probably watching the news and not checking the news. Mm-hmm. He said the news should be watched, or it should be checked, not watched. Yeah. And I think we get that wrong. And I think a lot of the times we get afraid about government and we get afraid about that type of stuff because we have a constant flow of information yeah. mm-hmm. and it's everybody's opinion. We don't know how much of it's true, you know, and we have all of this because if you um, follow a certain political leaning on social media that's what you're going to see all the time yeah like they they know it they'll they'll the algorithm will feed you (laughs) that and so first of all i would say if you're fearful the better the best thing you can do is probably um cut off social media yeah you probably just need to stop having conversations i know um kobe had to take a social media hiatus for a good long while because of that he was like i just can't do this but for me, it's not, I don't, I don't respond to it the same way. So you have to look inside yourself and go, if, am I fearful of this? Maybe I need to filter some things that are coming into my life. Um, the next thing I would say is that if we're responding to like our civic duty, this kind of even goes back to the social division question. I would say like, I think it's wise to not preach politics, but to preach principles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think our principles should inform our politics. So I should be able to look at my principles and say, I'm going to vote for this person because they 
align with my my principles or whatever so you've got to figure out what your principles are and if you're having conversations with people stay in that lane Mm -hmm. don't don't get in the the people bashing business because it's not our job to bash our leaders yeah the god god appoints leaders absolutely it's our job to honor our leaders even the ones we disagree with yeah i didn't put joe biden in office i didn't put trump in office i didn't do that god did god allowed that for whatever reason and i have to say i'm going to honor who you've put over me Mm -hmm. and so we're going to do that the other thing that we really need to do is that we need to do our duty because it is a duty like voting is a duty um all those things we need to do our part and then put the rest in god's hands yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna be informed i'm gonna vote accordingly i'm gonna vote my principles and the outcome is god's yeah and i'm gonna trust that no matter what god has got this yeah and as far as being fearful goes i don't know why this this is something i always do i always like look at the worst case scenario and um like what's the worst that could happen well like 1945 could happen again i don't know like (laughs) hitler and um i read a book by corey tim boom called the hiding place um many years ago and i look at her life and she was a um i don't remember where she was from i want to say polish but i could be wrong but she she was a christian living in a germany occupied nation and the Nazis came in and they had come in and they were rounding up all the Jews and her and her family were hiding them. They were hiding them in her house. And uh, she ended up being captured, taken to, to Auschwitz, I want to say, and her sister and her dad died there. So because she stepped out and she did the right thing in that, na- in that time, um, she lost her her. Her father and her sister, she never spoke to them again. She never saw her father again, and her sister died with her at the camp. And I'm like, that's like the worst thing that could happen. But when you read her book, you don't see it that way. You you read that book, and you're like, in her whole story, how many places that God was there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle. And he didn't take that away from her. He allowed her to walk through it, but he was with her in it. Yeah. You know, like, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, God does not say, we're going to give you a detour. Yeah. I'm going to take you through it, but hold my hand. I'll get you to the other side. Yeah. You know, and so her time there ministered to people. And I don't know what the future holds. I'm going to do my duty. That's right. I'm going to give it to God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be informed. I'm going to try to inform the people around me. I'm going to yeah. love them through it. The results are God's. I'm going to honor the person he puts in office. And then I'm going to trust that he will work all things out for my good. Yeah. Because yeah. ultimately his plan is going to be established on the earth. Right. That's really good. Hey. Well, that was my question. <laughs> um, so the next question was, we had done the, de- uh, the decline in Christian values was the next option. And that's probably my, my thing that I would have chosen. Like I'd have probably, I probably did pick decline in Christian values. I did pick it. Did you not pick one? I think I did. You didn't even do remember. our own poll. I know. <laughs> and I made it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but um, that is what I picked. I would say. Yeah. That, that to me is one that I've been watching and seeing and kind of internally like what's happening. 
we look around and um, it seems like lawlessness is everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is just like godliness, lawlessness. It used to happen in dark. Yep. And now it's been brought to the light. Absolutely. Yep. And it feels like not only has it been brought to the light, it's after my kids. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's more and more and more where you're like, I have to watch what they're looking at on TikTok. I have to, I ha- I, do I send my kids to school? Right. You yeah. know, like all that type of stuff. Like what are these people telling my kids in a day? And so the question that we have is, Wendy, what are some ways we can combat culture tides and trends in our homes with our families? I think that we have to recognize the enemy first. We have to recognize that we do not war with flesh and blood, that these things that are happening in the physical, the only way to combat that is through the spiritual. Right. And I know that everybody would like our easier way around that, but if you don't get to the root of it, you're only going to we're going to be in the same place that we're at. And so we have to be able to, um, David and I were talking the other day and he said something and I thought, man, that is so good. He said, you know, that evil was camouflaged in good, even with Eve. This is nothing new that it's being camouflaged. This evil is being camouflaged with good. All the, all the decline in our, in our, um, culture, for Christian values is being declined is is being camouflaged by good mm-hmm. good things but they're not godly things right, that's right. and that's the one thing that when our kids are being fed a lie we've got to be able to come back with them with the truth right but if we as parents as people um, because my wheelhouse is kids if we don't invest in this next generation and show them the things of God the church is going to take a hit. We're already seeing the repercussions of it. And I know that millennials get a really bad rap, but for the most part, that's on me. Yeah. That is, I mean, not like, you know what I'm saying? It is on you. It is because somehow it's a slow burn people. It didn't just, yeah, we're seeing it unfold in a way like we've never seen it unfold before, but if church is not important to us, if living holy is yeah. not important to us, if not knowing the word of God is not important to us, it is not going to be important to our children. And we cannot we cannot send them to these war zones in right. the world. I'm not even talking about school. I'm right. talking about a bus ride. Yeah. I'm right. talking about on the playground. I'm talking about at church camp. I'm talking about all the things right, that right. there is other super, that there's no supervision there, that whatever this kid has been mm-hmm. taught or whatever this kid feels like, we're not, if we, we can't protect them from everything, but we've got to be able to prepare them right. yes. for the things so of this world. And I think the decline is as individuals, it's my job to be a constant in their life. It's my job to show them faithfulness. It's my job to show them the consistency of, if you stick with the word, the word works. Right. And I think because we have let good people doing good things be camouflaged with missing the mark of God things. And I think that we're seeing the repercussions of it because these good things are not good things and they're coming they're they're this generation is wanting to stand for good things and it's not it's camouflaged and evil i know i used to always say that about millennials millennials 
are are like cause driven. Yes. And they so want to stand like, for something. yeah, so there, it's easy for them to get on that bandwagon of something. I'm I'm standing for something, like you said. I'm yep. I'm fighting for love. I'm fighting for this. You love who you love who you choose. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So like people feel like they're standing for something, and that's where you go. But what does the word of God say? Yeah. yeah. Because the enemy will always send a pervert. Yep. Right. Because women's rights were made for us to be. Have, God has a purpose for us, but it's been perverted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Martin Luther King. All those things have been perverted. The enemy is a perverter of all the things good, and we have to be able to be aware of what is good and what's godly. Mm-hmm. And I think that there's a lot of good people that don't go to church, that it's not important to them, that they just think they're going to have good kids. Not in this world. No. Nope. Right. Maybe right. in the That's 70s, good. maybe in the 60s, but you do you don't you're you didn't even deal with what your kids are dealing with now and we can't walk through this the same way that we walk through and think that our kids are not going to be bombarded with the things that they're bombarded with without having the word of God present in their life. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of times moms will try to like helicopter mom and I feel like, feel like um I mean if you're a helicopter mom, more power to you. <laughs> But I feel like maybe what we need to do instead they of me smother. I don't get that, but <laughs> not mother, but smother. I don't get it. Wendy was, Wendy was a smotherer, but I'll, she's great now. I'll hear an ambulance in, ca- in town. Hey, boys, what are y'all doing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I was just that was me. <laughs> I'm just checking on y'all. Hey, could y'all grab me some? <laughs> no, like uh, the, we try to helicopter what they're watching, what they're seeing, who their friends are, all that type of stuff, which I think that we should be monitoring Absolutely. all of those things. Absolutely. But I think we miss it if we think all we're going to do is pad them to keep them from yeah. getting from ever bumping yeah. into those things that might corrupt them right. yeah. i think that the true tactic that we need to do is to teach them how to approach it it's right. training right we need to teach them how to think about that thing before yeah. they ever even get to it that's right yeah. settlement for success right yeah. like they have this book um it's called good picture bad picture and it teaches kids about like pornography. Yeah. And it teaches them before, like while they're young. Yeah. This is this is what pornography is. And so that way, whenever they, if they are ever exposed to it later in life, they're not trapped into that by not knowing anything about it. Yeah. And I think the enemy gets us a lot of the times in culture by doing things like that because like my parents never talked to me about that. The first person who ever told me about this was Johnny on the, the, the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think we need to be having those kinds Hard, of conversations yeah. with our kids at the dinner table mm-hmm. before they ever have it. I like John and Lisa Bevere will say, you talk to your kids about something first, they'll think that you're the authority on it and they'll come back to you for it. That's yeah. good. But if somebody else talks to them first, they're going to think they're the authority yeah. and they're going to go back to that person. Right. Yeah. So you beat the world to the punch. Yeah. Yeah. And sadly, that means that we have to start sooner and sooner right. and sooner in today's culture. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, I had, uh, we homeschooled, we've homeschooled, I don't know, gosh, it seems like forever, seven, eight years. How long have I homeschooled? Eight years. Since seven. kindergarten for Peyton. First grade for Peyton. Mm-hmm. And um, I recently, in the last two years, we bought a book called Maturation. Mm-hmm. And I ordered it because she needed a, like an extra, you know, and I opened it and I was like, no. Yeah. The very first thing, real life was melanatomy and I was like huh 
<laughs> I was like, why did I not look at this first? And then I was like, Holy Spirit, I'm not ready. So it sat on a shelf for a year. Mm-hmm. And I would look at it, nope, not today. Nope, not. I knew the first lesson and I was like, why did we start there, you know? And finally I was like, you know what? I think she was 12 and I was like, if I don't, someone else will. Wow. And yeah. so I opened it and through that book and I will I'm not going to lie I think we are ha- only halfway through it now cuz they are hard conversations mm-hmm. but cool. um oh, I'm not, not even, I wasn't prepared to tell the story but we got to the point in the book and um it was talking about pornography and it was talking about um just having christian values in this world and I was I would have never been able to open this conversation up with Peyton because it would have been weird, but it gave me the opportunity to talk to her about her dad being the only person I'd ever been with. And that was huge. And I didn't think she understood it when I looked up, she was crying. Oh, that makes me cry. (laughs) And she knew it was real. And it made, it meant something to her that I made that decision that I held myself out for him. Mm -hmm. Now, mind you, I started dating Josh as a junior in high school. And so we were together my junior year, my senior year, and we got married six months after I graduated. We made it fast, like Mm -hmm. get married. But those are the hard conversations Mm -hmm. that we have to have. And so she would have never valued that, but now she does. Mm -hmm. She would have never known that. And I would have never been able to, I mean, how awkward is it to sit her down and be like, hey, just so you know, you know, (laughs) uh, your dad's the only person I've ever been with, you know? And I'm like, that's awkward. So that book opened up the opportunity for me to say, Patey, just so you know, that was something that meant something to mommy. And when Mm -hmm. I looked up and she was crying, I can't even talk about it. See, and because but, you got to share that moment with her because, yes. and that was, that was way more special than anybody else. Absolutely. Talking to her about that. Yeah. Well, and so, they didn't get to decide because this culture does try to like downplay that, like it's almost unheard of mm-hmm. to do that now. Yeah. And so like, I even talked to her about purity rings and I was able to say like, even though the world thinks that's not cool, that's yeah. not biblical right not and biblical. so it is cool and um you know and so i loved that i got to do that with her right yeah. you know and i got to share it was hard conversations but they have to be had because if not there is a decline in christian value mm-hmm. but it's our job to bring that back in our yeah. children and, and think, even if that's yeah. not your story yeah that's still a hard conversation yeah. that would be worth sharing oh absolutely because on the flip side of that that's something that they probably need yeah. to hear Absolutely. They need to hear your experience. Well, and it could be a, you know, that wasn't my story, but that's what I want for you. Right. And that was me. That was me. Real life. Um, Right. As I said before, Jared and I have been together 14 years. Reagan is 13. (laughs) The math, you know. But to where we, and it's been so amazing this year that we've been in San Antonio. We've had so many hard conversations because what I didn't get to share, Jared, uh, we moved to San Antonio and he got called to, so he doesn't live in San Antonio with us, so it's me. (laughs) He gets to come home and visit and stuff, but um, for the past year, it's been me, my girls, and God at the table. Wow, so And so we've had to have these beautiful, Holy Spirit-inspired, hard, deep conversations to where, hey, you know, this subject came up. Hey, well, you didn't, you didn't wait. Well, I didn't know any better. I wasn't living a life of that. But let me tell you all the heartache 
that it yes, brought because I did not live in, in that lifestyle. Yeah. That, you know, God wants best for you. Yeah. And in that time frame, I wasn't living that way. And that was, you know, consequences of it, mm -hmm. you know. But to where facing that fear of this is going to be uncomfortable, I can't talk to them, this is weird. But knowing that you have that authority as yeah. their parent with the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Yeah. And then let me tell y'all, it's the most beautiful thing ever because then we spend three hours talking about the depth of God's love for us. So cool. You know, so it started with this and then it we went, you know, deeper and deeper into just beautiful conversation of what he wants for them, what, right. you know, all these different things. So. That was my my flip side of that. I love that. You know? I'm glad you I love it. Flip side. And that nothing's wasted, you I know. And I, I have Absolutely. told them nothing I say that is all wasted. Nothing, you know. Regardless if you made that dis, um, you know mistake or whatever the case decision, you know God's going to use that. God, God works is going all to things, all things for your good. All things. So just knowing that as well. Yeah. That nothing is wasted. I had someone tell me that when I was in London and Kobe and I were divorced and I was not even trying to pray that we would get back together. <laughs> I was. <laughs> that, that person was me. Yeah. And yeah. I will say, can I just interject there? Because you brought this up and I just want to publicly like honor you. Uh -huh. You not one time during that whole time talk mess about Kobe. Mm-mm. Not Did you hear that, honey? Not one time. Not one time. Her and I remember, I remember going through that, uh, or me going through that. Me going through my own. We all own. went through that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Collectively. Me, me going through my, as I said this morning, like independent battle of, you know, letting my man be my man, you know, that I remember meeting with Taylor. And I don't even know if you remember this, and I didn't even plan to, to say this, You're but good. real life. I'm sitting with Taylor, and I'm like, I could just do this by myself. It would just be so much easier. And she turns and looks at me, and she's like, but would it, though? And I'm like, you're right. And then I had to repent later on in life. I'm like, Lord, Jared's not here. I want my man. I don't want to do this by myself. But to where I remember you in that time frame, you never spoke one negative thing about Kobe mm -hmm. in that, that in that time frame. And that spoke the Lord. so the Lord. much volume to me yeah. of your like words matter, you know, yeah. which, which, you know, you hear that, but like really knowing the weight of your words right. and just, I just want to honor you that you. that's amazing. Well, the reason that was, was because right before we got a divorce. God was so crazy on the setup of all that. I had preached a message, like my very first time to ever preach in big church. Um, I call it big church. <laughs> that would be just the regular Sunday morning sanctuary. <laughs> if you're not with the children, you're in big church. Um, Who doesn't call it big church? <laughs> it was my first time to preach in, in that service. And um, I remember I preached on how like no, nothing else, nobody else can define your worth. God defines your worth. Mm -hmm. Like you have to mm -hmm. set that in your heart. And I remember we then like the week or two later, we ended up getting separated. I forgot completely that I ever even preached that like six months down the road. I, I was going to send it to somebody. So I decided to listen to it. And I was like, it was everything I needed to hear. Yeah. But it was, you know, six months sooner, God set that up for me so I could hear it six months later. <laughs> but um, I had read a book right before we got a divorce called Love and Respect. Mm. And it was talking about how um, men 
need respect like women need love yeah and how like you feel unloved in that like if your husband is not loving you you feel like there's something wrong in your your relationship but he feels like if he's not being respected right. there's something wrong yeah. in your relationship and god really opened my eyes to that i remember i even wrote kobe a letter i actually found it the other day at our, in our during our anniversary stuff and i had wrote him a letter and i just told him that i was sorry because I had not been respecting him like mm -hmm. I was like I should have. And so because that that message of respect him was on my the forefront of my mind when we started going through all of this, I vented to God. Yeah. And I tried not to vent to him. Yeah. Like I'm not going to throw up on you. Yeah. And I just felt like I I needed to to be respectful in that season and I truly believe because I read that book, mm -hmm. because of how I I walked through that season, that that's one of the only reasons we're married today. Yeah. I feel like mm -hmm. if I would have spit on him, if I would have done all that stuff, I don't know if we would be together today. Yeah. yeah. That's but. really good too. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna, we have a few more minutes and I do want to tackle. Yeah, I do want to tackle. Uh, we also had a little deal where you could insert your own questions. Um, I think we have time for one of them. So um, one of the ones that I think is a good question as a whole, just because, um, and anyone can respond if you have something, it's how do you think the church collectively is responding to the current culture? And the reason I feel adamant about answering this question is because it is important to be in church. Yeah. And um, I think that it's vital that you're a part of a family that is responding well to what we're going through. Right. And finding a body that... Um, that is is trying to help yeah you know and not hurt the situation yeah. and so um how do y'all think the church is doing as in responding to this and to what we're living through i think that the church is sort of doing something um different like i, I don't know i see different churches doing different things so i'm wondering how like the church as you as know a whole. we're a church but the church is in liberty. The church is in what we're all the body of Christ. Absolutely. So we call it the big C church. We're all part of the big C church. Um, so we're not in competition. We're working together. Yeah. But um, I'm, I'm trying to like, how, how are they doing it? Because I feel like everybody may be doing something a little bit yeah. different. But I will say what I think the church has done historically in response to culture has has probably a lot to do with why we are where we are now. Absolutely. I think the church has historically said we're not going to be a part of culture. We're going to form our own culture. That's right. And, that's and I think right. in a lot of ways they've said we're going to have our own music. We're going to have our own this. We're going to have our own that. And we're going to separate ourselves from culture. And I think that's when the church got behind. Absolutely. I think the church should be leading the way on movies and music and all that type mm -hmm. of stuff. And I think... Um, what happened was the church put itself in a bubble yeah and it was an uninviting bubble absolutely and so then people didn't yeah. want to be a part of it yeah and so you know i think that's where people have been drawn out of the church culture and into something else like when i say church culture when i was growing up i would say i grew up in church culture mm -hmm. like you dressed a certain way you talked a certain way like you know that saying like if someone says god is good or God is great, and then you just like all the time, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like if you know that, like you grew up in church culture, yeah. Or like those church culture memes. I grew up in church. My mom didn't let me read Harry Potter, <laughs> like, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. Um, but I think historically we've we've just created our own subculture, yeah. And I think that has been a part of the reason why we are we're seeing what we're seeing now. 
I will say I see some collectively the church mixing now into yeah the culture like just be in the world yeah yeah Yeah, you're not going to be of the world but I'm going to be in it and I see that and I think that's cool I I think that's really neat how the it seems like the dividing lines are starting to 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 collapse and I think that that makes God happy I have to really examine myself a lot on the things that I think about do I think that way because that's a church culture thing or because it's a Bible thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Like, because I went, I spent two months in London and um, on an internship working for another church. And I remember there are some things that I believe, I believed were true and real and right because I grew up in Bible Belt church culture mm-hmm. that they don't even lose sleep over at right. night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet the God, God is moving. I mean, they are speaking, they're prophesying, yeah. they're doing the things. and they have fruit in their life. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I had to really examine a lot of the things that I, is that a church culture thing or is that a, a God culture? Like what, what's the difference? And I think you can do things certain, like certain things differently, but we really have to be like, you know, just ask ourselves that question. What's the Bible say? Yeah. yeah. Well, and to me too, how, how is darkness ever supposed to flee if the light never goes to it? That's yeah. good, Mel. You know, mm-hmm. to where like, as we are the light bearers of his image, we cannot be fearful of what is in the world. We're supposed to be called to it to bring them into his heart, you know? So that's that's my, my vision of, you know, if you're, if you're scared of the dark, how's it ever going to turn to light? Right. That's good. So, well, I'm really excited about this podcast. Y'all can go listen to it again if you want to. It'll release, um, what is today? What are we on? 23rd. It'll release on the first. first. Yeah. So um, if you don't follow us um, in your card on your bag, there's a flip it over. You can uh, do a barcode. There's a barcode. Is that what you call that? Scan code? QR code. QR code. I'm not of these times, obviously. (laughs) Um, No, but we encourage y'all to just uh, go listen, share. We're excited about what God's doing through this podcast. And we've heard so many great stories about women that testimonies that have come from it. That's that's been fun. It has been fun. It's very encouraging. Like people that are listening and excited. We're excited. I know. I'm very excited about it. So uh, we appreciate y'all. We're super excited about the rest of the conference. And thank y'all. Hey, Jack, can we do our next podcast on stage? It'd be fun. It's going to feel bland from now on. No. <laughs>